This podcast is sponsored by Barclay Estates and Management Bristol. Whether you're a landlord or a tenant, Barclay Estates and Management are committed to providing you with the best possible service. We provide a hassle-free service for landlords and access to properties all over Bristol and the surrounding areas. All right, Cooley, how are you, mate? Not bad, not bad, sir. Yeah, not bad, she's not bad. Right, yeah. thanks for doing this, chaps. Just literally going to walk through some of your time at Bristol City. Um, I've got your goals. I think I sent yeah, you I, I see, I seen them. Yeah, I seen them. And do you know what? I was looking at them because because it was on, the, on my phone. I think, I can't remember scoring that. I can't remember scoring that. It was all, all, all the ones, all the decent ones were all from Cooley. <laughs> with my eyes i could see him don't worry about that uh, I'll, I'll um i'll be putting them up on the screen so if you can squint you might right. be able to see Three peeps in the podcast. hello and welcome to robin's reunited my name is patch and on this podcast we get two ex bristol city players back together to talk about some old times go over some of their appearances and goals where they signed for bristol city when they left Bristol City and so on. So we're going back to the 90s this evening. And first of all, I'm going to bring in Martin Cool. Martin, how are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you very much. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Enjoying this festival of football at the moment. So uh, we're squeezing this game in between the Canada and uh, Croatia match. And then we've got Spain and Germany coming up. So thank you both for sparing some time. And also Kevin Nugent. Kevin, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, good, thanks. Yeah, thanks so much, guys, for coming on the podcast. So we're going to start with you, Martin. So Martin was a £300,000 signing from Derby in December 1994. And on signing for City, you you were you were recorded as saying this, Bristol City had always been a tough opponent for me during my career, so I fancied playing for them. When I met the manager, I was very impressed, and he convinced me that he would be signing me to improve his team. Joe Jordan is a winner. He demands high standards but there's no talking behind people's backs and that makes for a good dressing room. So your memories of signing for Bristol City and Joe Jordan, Martin? Uh, well, Joe's like, I'm a Man U fan, so I watched him as a kid, you know, like, so uh, when he when the chance come down, I, I, I was going for a spell, uh, Roy McFarlane uh, took over at Derby, Arthur Cox had, in, um, had a back injury, couldn't stand, couldn't sit in, so anyway, Roy took over and I, got, I felt I got backstabbed by Roy uh, and I wasn't happy and then, uh, I just didn't see eye to eye with Roy. I've never felt that with managing my life. And I just thought Joe come in, uh, met me halfway up the motorway. Um, I agreed to come down. Met us in his, uh, I think he had a Jaguar XJ6 or XJS or something like that. And he picked us up. He put my wife in uh, the passenger seat and put me in the back of the car and drove around Bristol. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, you know, this is, this is good. So, like, uh, he'd done it right. He got into the missus first, made sure she was all right and happy with things. And then, yeah, I just said to him, look, I just wanted to get away and start playing football. And as I've said before, I played against Bristol a few times. It was a tough place. Fans were passionate. I thought I'd give it a go. Yeah, awesome. And your first appearance was on New Year's Eve in 1994, Tranmere away when City were second from bottom of the second tier of football. So, yeah, uh, an away trip on New Year's Eve. What do you remember about that one? A bit like the World Cup, innit? You know, I mean, it's a bit like yesterday. I was watching the World Cup, and then I turned over and watched Forest Green v uh, Elf Church. So it was a bit like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, we mentioned the we'll mention the FA Cup, uh, Boreham Wood beating Bristol Rovers two one, but we'll we'll skim over that for now. Um, <laughs> Kevin Nugent, Kevin born and raised near Tottenham to Irish parents, hence the middle name Patrick. 
question mark um that's actually my my name as well but i'm known to, to most as patch but you joined bristol city from plymouth in a 75k deal plus ian baird going the other way and you made your debut on the 30th of september 1995 um against wickham with city at the bottom of the third tier so um you're both signed in times of desperation yeah, well, I think, I mean, what happened with at Plymouth, I had a good time down at Plymouth um, and Neil Warner could just come in and I, I, had, a, I had a really good pre-season and, and and then we had the first few games of the season and if I'm, if I'm really honest, I didn't play very well in them and he tried to make a change and something happened with Bairdy at Bristol City as well. So um, that's why I just jumped on the train, met up, met Joe Jordan, who was obviously impressed with and again, similar to Cooley, he's like, you know, in our household, he was like a family hero, you know. Um, just just for his style of play and how he was and what a good footballer he was as well, like you know. So so me, I was always a little bit in awe of Joe. And uh, yeah, so I still still spoke to Joe recently and speak keep in contact with his son Andrew. Um, yeah, so joining him literally. So I got up on the truck, got the train up from Plymouth, and then within an hour, I think the deal was done. And then well, I think again a little bit like we were saying about Cooley. I think when the team's sort of at the bottom, certainly for myself, that happened quite a bit in my career where. Teams wanted that sort of what would be class as sort of a, a sort of a bigger, honest sort of centre forward, really. Yeah, no, awesome. No, thanks for thanks for sharing that. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I've got all your goals now, so we're gonna go through this, pause them. They're all in chronological order, so um, right. we're gonna just talk through some of these. You finish that. This is Martin's first goal. Yeah, so Martin, your first goal there, uh, quite a finish against Charlton Athletic, seventh of March. 1995. Good, good assist there from Brian Tinian as well. Yeah, I'm pleased for teams. Like I said, he's just got a new role at the club. I was over the moon for him. Good player, good left foot. Uh, I'm surprised I nearly got a nosebleed getting in the box. But yeah, like, uh, exactly. You know, but like, uh, yeah, I'm happy that finish. I don't mind that at all. No, no, it's good. And and in the midfield as well, you know, who would you typically be alongside? Obviously, Tins is probably predominantly on the left. Who would be the, the one you'd be in the middle with in, in that Gary, sort of season? Gary, Gary Owls used to be in there most of the time himself. Tins on the left, you know, uh, you had uh, Junior on the right. But in them days, like I say, you play, you know, we, we had a couple of strikers and you'd probably play two in there. But it, it'd probably be me and Gary Owls more often than not in there. Yeah. Matt you that was coming in as a young lad who, who'd done well for the club, you know, but... Yeah, no, good. Right, let's roll on. Let's see Kevin, I think. Kevin's first goal coming up now. York City away, Kevin. Now, I'm not sure what the goalkeeper was doing on that occasion, <laughs> but um, it's a goal nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's all that counts, isn't it? Yeah, I can't really see it properly on this one, but um, I think Rob Edwards clipped that one in, it looked like. Yeah. From, his, from the left back slot there, yeah. So um, I think you just, just like I said, I think I just got a touch on it, and it, and it was creeping in the back of the net. So I, I think you like playing against York City. I think quite a few of your goals were against York City. Yeah, from, I, mean, you, I think you're right. I have a memory of it. I always sort of seem to have a, a good little spell, good good spell against them. Really, yeah. For whatever reason, you get clubs like that, and you get clubs where it's, it's terrible as well. That's so that was. Your right foot, were you predominantly right foot, I think, weren't you? And Yeah, I was, yeah, predominantly right foot. But then sometimes then one's in the box if they're bouncing around. I was, I was never great with like long foot, long left foot shots or anything like that or clipping it left foot. But when it's bouncing around in the box and the little yeah. tapping sometimes with your left foot, you're okay. But but yeah, predominantly right footed, yeah. So we've seen a we've seen a cross come in from from Tinia, and we've seen uh, and on this one, Junior bent down the right hand side. Ju- junior was rapid, wasn't he? Have you ever seen a player quite like Junior bent? No, honestly, he was he was great because he put so many crosses in the box as well, and he just get that little yard. And there wasn't like weren't loads of tricks, but when he got the chance to put it in, 
then you knew you knew it was going to come into the box. You could make your movement as well. Um, and I think it's slightly different than some of the some of the wide players you have now, where they're sort of rolling inside the pitch a lot more and they take up midfield positions. Where Junior was like an out and out sort of wide man, or, or obviously he could play up front as well. But in that wide position, he was sort of straight up and down. You give him it, and it would be you know he could just. Once it goes in behind players, then then he was gonna he was always gonna win the race to get there. I think you know what you got to realise is like, for for no disrespect to but for Nuge, like, he wanted the ball in early, like any centre forward. Do you know what I mean? And someone like Junior, you knew the ball was coming in. Yeah, yeah. I, I played with Peter Beagley where Peter Wiv was gonna kill him because Beagley would do a trick, <laughs> a trick, a trick, and trick. And by the time he crossed it, Wiv had just gone in three times, didn't bother going in. You know, but I think with Junior, it's like nowadays, you know, with the modern football. People turn back, come back at the box again. Sometimes if the ball's there to put it in the box, put it in the box. Exactly. Yeah. We've seen that a lot at Ashton Gate this season. The deliveries has, has been what what's been letting letting the side down a bit. We we we're used to having wingers at Bristol City over the years, you know, Junior Bent's certainly one of them. I um, say Nuge is a striker, he'd tell you more, but it'd frustrate me. If I was a striker, I'd go berserk and be winger. But the other thing is, I mean, like as an attacking midfield player, if you're one of those who get into the box, you know, you're making your run, then all of a sudden the the fellow then does a trick, you think, oh, you know, I've, I've lost my man. But I say, I'm not knocking modern football, I just think that's the way it is. You know, you look at the World Cup today, I think, uh, Uche scored, the, the uh, Canada scored, the fellow just whipped it in and yeah. buried it and arrived late. But, you know, sometimes it's the best thing. Now, I said, I said, I, I always thought I had a good strike. I should have probably done more, should have scored more, you know. But like, uh, it's why I always, you know, as you get older, you drop further away from goal. But I used think like, you know, a lot of the goals were scored more out for, outside the box and I thought I had a good strike and, yeah. yeah, it's a chance you take. You know what I mean? There's some, there's some absolutely great goals in in this from from both of you. But in terms of you, your your game as a midfielder, um, Martin, were you were you more advanced or was it just um, you know wherever wherever the play dictated? No, I think when you first, when I first started, you were playing two midfield players, and it was like uh, Alan Ball said, one go, one sit, one go, one sit, and he always asked the four midfield players if you can make eight quality runs in a game beyond the strikers, you know, so be it. But it was like, you know, you, you, you know you'd know you sit and you'd go. But then with modern football, as it went on, I sort of dropped further and further back because they want me to play deep or tackle. And you come and destroy and create, you know, you destroy, uh, break up play and create, you know. And that, that it's sort of, you still had to get forward, but I didn't get forward as much as I used to. You would have had the ability to, though, Cooley, wouldn't you, as well, in terms of you could you could break things up, you could play and you could get about the pitch as well, though. You'd have that ability to be be what would be classed as like a modern midfielder, really, like a bit of athleticism as well in there, isn't there? Yeah, I said, I didn't have blistering pace, and I said, but you, you try and make up for other things. And, you know, uh, when I went to Bristol, I'd have any injury problems. And, like I say, it takes the edge off your game sometimes. But when you're fit, you feel great. I mean, I people up front, who could score, had people wide who could get forward, you know, you're thinking, right, just clean up. You know, as I said, my game was destroy and create, you know, win yeah. the ball, play it, you know, and then create. And I didn't mind if you can get a goal. Fantastic. That's what you want. You want someone who's going to just, going to get in there, win the ball back, do do the simple things as well as come up with some goals now and again. That, that to me but is... You, you get that, like Nuge's, Nuge's Millwall, and you get it now, you, you tell the players to have the tools to survive in football. And then you, you see players now who want to do tricks and you're thinking, but son, you're not really a trickster. You know, you, you might have a trick to escape, but like you're more of a passer or you're more of a, that's right, that's me Sunday Rose going, you're more of a, <laughs> uh, you know, you're more of a, a winger, you're more of this. And you see people do it. And I think, understand what your tools are and improve what your strengths are. And then I said, work on your weaknesses, but improve your strengths. A lot of people say work on your weakness, but I think, and I was a passer. I thought I could pass it. I could tackle, I could win. 
I did start tackling till I was about 16. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, you, you enjoy you, you enjoy the tussle. You know, that's some great tussles. People like, people like Terry Erlock. People underestimated Terry Erlock. Terry was a good player. Terry was, like, he was rough and ready, but Terry could play. You know, he went to Rangers. Vinnie Jones went to yeah. Chelsea. You know, like, Vinny was raw when he first came in and liked the tackle. But, you know, eventually when he played with Gordon Strachan, he had to learn how to pass it, you know. Exactly. They're dumb. They're incessant, aren't they, these bloody beeps? They are. <laughs> <laughs> we got um the, the dishwasher when that's done that beeps forever as well it's like empty me now or else well I'm, i can smell the chicken i'm like now thinking oh that's, that tastes lovely that smells lovely <laughs> oh god right and here's one new from the edge of the box here left footage from the edge of the box oh, okay yeah that was, one, that was one that was one who just sat up nicely and i think <clears throat> again you just have a swing at that one but uh yeah shut, no. eyes, dude, didn't it? shut your eyes and you yeah it's exactly what that one was yeah yeah <laughs> Another great delivery from Darren Barnard. He was yeah, certainly yeah. someone who... Uh, he, had a, he, had, he had a great cross and really technically really good he was. No. We, were, we were spoiled in this era with Bell, Barnard, Brennan, uh, yeah. left, left backs well, that actually, could Darren deliver actually a ball actually midfield, didn't he? We actually took him from left back to midfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I had a go at him. I told him, why are you doing your running? <laughs> we played Swindon. And like Barney sat there and he thought he was going to be king uh, playmaker. And I went, I ain't wow. doing your running, son. You need to start opening your legs up. You know, in, in, in a nice way. With a lot of clubs playing the wing backs as well, he could have done the three positions he could go in there, couldn't he? He could go wing back, left back, or he could play centre midfield as well. So he's doing like modern day as well now, really. Well, and a goal scorer as well. At the moment, we've yeah. got Jada Silva as our sort of left wing back, but he's not got the capability of finishing like Darren Barnard, like a lot of, um, you know, Bristol City left. Left backs, left wing backs—what you say over the over the last wow. few years—but um, it's certainly something that the art of delivery, the art of crossing, is something that seems to have drifted in recent times. As you said, Martin, um, it's one of those things that you, as a striker, you just want the ball to come in. Well, I just, I just, I say, everyone—it depends how you play. You know what I mean, like you know, I've, a lot of things I've gone on is Man City. I've watched them, you know, like and I've watched what Guardiola does and things that you want to play like he does, but. The one thing they will do is they, they will be direct. You know, one thing that we'll do is they go and kick 70 odd yards to Aguero, to Mares, to, you know, whoever, like, and they will go direct. And the same with crosses. It goes in there, you know, you think, you know, De Bruyne, the amount of crosses De Bruyne puts in, you know, if De Bruyne puts the ball up, you think, if I'm a striker, I'm going to make a run, he's going to fight me. Mm. So, you know, this, you know, it's not all tilt out of football. So on the edge of the box here, I think this is at Brighton, Martin, and you've picked out the top corner on this one. Yeah, I've been working on that one for about seven years. Cool in midfield, <laughs> red hot in front of goal. Them shorts are some shorts, aren't they? Brilliant. No, I love it. I love it. Um, there's one memory that's what it comes to my mind that stands out about you, Martin. You got took off, um, took off as a sub, and then you went and sat in the Atio stand. Do you remember that? Well, I, you know, I, I actually got. I think it was Joe then. I actually got told off because he thought I was like uh, going against the decision. It wasn't. Somebody was eating the pie. And I, I got taken off, and I went. So I walked up the stair, and I thought, because I went off the far side, and I thought, you know, I got off that side. I walked round, and I went up and sat there, and thought I just sit and watch the game. But actually, Joe thought it was a bit disrespectful, and I had to tell him I wasn't being disrespectful. I was just having a laugh with the joke, you know, with the fans. But the, the pie looked nice, actually. But like I said, you know, like, uh, but that's what it was. But when I first said Joe got any other right go at me, I went, oh, I said I'm not. It was no way meant that way. I said it was totally just meant as you know, I've gone in. I think it was just the fact that we were. We want hitting form at the right time, so you, you you know you're trying to bond with the fans and not you know not not, not disrespecting the manager. He takes them off. I've got no problem at all. He takes off. There's reasons why, whatever it is, change the system, 
looking tired, whatever it is. You want to play every minute. As a player, you want to play every minute. And when you come off, you are really annoyed. But at that time, I just thought, like, I'll sit in the stand. I mean, you know, come off the far side, I'll sit in the stand, watch a bit of the game, then I walk round. And it just meant as a pure, you know, gives a bit of your bite, you put a pie on, I'm starving, you know what I mean? Well, honestly, as a fan, that is one of the most memorable moments for me of that time was was you doing that because I'd never seen anyone do it before. And I thought exactly as you, it was a great bit of fan engagement. I think I was I think I was before my time, I was getting food in my system for recovery. Yeah, that's exactly what that's what it was, Cooler. Yeah. It was <laughs> but I did it, we, we did it, we did it. I said we the year we, we took all the shot when I was a coach, we took all the shot back in the football league at Exeter. And I did exactly the same when the whistle went. We'd give him, and I just walked into the crowd and just went behind the goal and stood with the fans because oh. it's because it's magnificent. You mean the, 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 I'm watching the World Cup and people, the supporters are, you know, they're, they're, they're making it great, and you just go over them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So in the same game, two goals in a game here away at Brighton. This is another good finish. To the second half, it was game <laughs> over when the home keeper failed to clear and Cool rammed home the loose ball. They thought of that one as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Chuck me eyes. Chuck me eyes. Usually they kill, they usually kill the pie seller. Someone will be on there so you can to hit him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I love that one. Right, what have we got? Oh, here we go. Right, so Bristol Derbies. Um, you played in a couple each. This one's particularly memorable. It's the 16th of March, 1996. Um, and an early, early goal for for Kevin Nugent. Kevin, what was it like for to score in a Bristol derby so early on as well? Yeah, no, it was, all, it was, it was such a big game. <clears throat> it was, I mean, like I say, obviously, we played in a few of them and we played in the one, I think, when it was thousands locked outside at Ashton Gate as well, So, which unfortunately we got beat in that one. Um, but no, the, the atmosphere was fantastic. And then to go and score as well, it was just, it was just so pleasing. The pitch looks awful. Absolutely awful. The pitch Ashton Gate wasn't much better, was it? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Tilson just gets a foot in. It's broken for Agostino. Nugent and Tinian to aim for. Agostino's cross. Kevin Nugent and the side foot into the back of the net. Bristol City ahead after nine minutes. That's funny enough. That is one of the goals. I don't remember all my goals, actually, but I've always really remembered that one. So, yeah. so I haven't seen it. I've never seen it again. Um, but just just watching it back there, it's exactly as I remember it, really. And the fans going into the fans at that end as well. Brilliant. Well, it sort of came across in slow motion, didn't it, from Agostino? On the yeah, right? I know. Yeah, yeah. It kind of trickled along. Yeah. But you remember that that pitch as well, like I say, it was awful. I think that was a shot by Ago as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so let's whilst we whilst we go through these clips, obviously we're seeing different players. Um, give us some give us some memories of Paul Agostino. What was what was the lad like? Yeah, he was a really, he's a really good lad. I go, he's a really good lad. I think, I think he's back out in Australia again. I think now. I think he might be in Germany uh, working. Oh, was for, he? I know, I know he was in Munich, eighteen sixty, didn't he? Yeah, he went, he went there. But I, I heard someone this saying that this was a few years ago. I don't know if he's doing a bit of agency work or something out in okay. Australia. But I'm not sure. But no, he was a really good lad and 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 a, and a good player as well. Do you know what I mean? He had a lot of lot of tools as well. He was. He was quick enough. He was strong, and and he could score a goal as well. And 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 he was a he was a fan's favourite as well, which which I think often helps as well. He's a bundle of energy. He's over the top. And he's off the shoulder. He's a tough yeah. Australian, and he's robust sometimes. And like I said, he like sometimes he's hit and miss. You know, you're talking about he could have had a bit more quality, but he was a runner with a ball. You know, and then he was game. You know what I mean? You could chuck it in there and he get off it. Nugent, Martin, cool. Oh, almost a goal against Ravers, uh, Martin. Well, it was a good chance yeah. for the midfield. Been celebrating, believe me. <laughs> There's a great bit at the end with you celebrating with the fans. 
to Gurney. Andy Gurney has equalised. So an equaliser for Rovers. Hell of an atmosphere there. Oh, yeah, there was them games. It was amazing atmosphere. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> Bit of aggro, Tinian and Gurney. They had some decent players as well. Both teams have decent, some decent players who like. I think it was a typical like West Country derby. I mean, not being funny, derbies are derbies. If you're not up for a derby, then you're not in the football. You know, uh, there's no love lost between teams, and you expect it. Yeah, but I think it'd be the same this week with England Wales. You know, it's going to be a, a battle of Britain. You know. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I like watching the, the the passion in there. Maybe it's because it was more, you know, my era growing up and watching it. It doesn't seem you don't seem to have that sort of same level of passion, particularly in a in an England Wales game. I know they'll both be wanting to win, but it seems to have. Do you think it's it's almost tamed down because you you get you know you'd get a yellow or a red straight away for that in the modern game, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think I think it's toned, toned down a little bit on certain stuff, and I think the styles sometimes the styles and and pitches like that is you're not going to be, it's a local derby, it's going to be a high tempo game and ones like this as well. Um, and when you're playing the sort of years ago in the pitches and towards this, you're going to get tackled flying in. I think it was just slightly different, and teams maybe take a slightly different approach to it in terms of how they play as well. Maybe you don't have that real hustle. Yeah, bustle and, w- and w- when you're playing on a on a quagmire pitch as well, it feels a bit more Sunday league, doesn't it, Martin? <laughs> you, you get on with it. Just like you. Yeah, I talk now to the kids nowadays, you know, Astro Turf pitches and this and this. you know, you're talking, you know, players who are to tell you more, but you're bringing players into the country from like Croatia's, from uh, South America, but they play on nothing, you know, they play on pitches yeah. with no, no grass, no at all. So you're talking about, I talk now about Georgie Best. If Georgie Best played now, I think the man would be untouchable because like he got kicked, he got smashed, he, and they played on, you know, pitches which are were just mud, Box. you know, yeah. like, you know, and, and and they get on with it, you know what I mean? And I look at it now and I'm thinking every time someone makes a bad pass, I was getting my knees and look at the ground, and think, so they did it there somewhere, you know, like, is it like, yeah. you know, it's an excuse. There's no excuse nowadays for football. For me, for footballers nowadays, no excuse. You either good enough or you don't want it. You know, the pitches are superb. They train on pitches. They train on this. If you put like, like the noobs at Mill now, if you put these twenty threes on a pitch like that. Half of them would, would hate it. Half of them would like my kids. I put my twenty threes on it. The mentality would change because we play national turf. The mentality straight would be the pitch. Blame the pitch. Mm. You know, in them days you got it. Was, in that day, that day, that I remember that week. The week building up to that, I couldn't wait because my first Bristol derby. I love derbies because like you know you, you you get bragging rights, you get this. But I thought they were getting a little bit like cocky and like they thought they were going to turn us over. And I thought. I'll ask somebody, so I'm up for this. Like, and there were a couple of boys. I think, I'm not sure if I, I, I think Holloway was manager. I'm not sure in this game. He, he always sets it going. And Joe, Joe's very different. Joe can be calm inside. I think he's burning, but Holloway can give it a little bit of this or this. I don't know if John was in, uh, John Ward was manager or what, but. Oh, shit. Like, John Ward was manager. Yeah. yeah. Holly was they, playing. They were up for it and they want, they want a bad team. They, they were strong at the back and they were a couple of strikers. Who were, I think Marcus Stewart was there. I'm not sure. Yeah, like and then we're looking thought, at we're looking at an image now of Peter Beadle going head to head with Matty Bryan, and you're trying to pull him people, away. You know, we have people who could mix it, and like you know, it was a proper game. I think they thought like we're the top dogs here. They were the top dogs, and I thought, no, we're, we're at this. We're ready for this. What an image there, Martin Cool, the peacemaker between Peter Beadle and Matt Bryan. Yeah, we don't realize I'm pinching his neck. <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it. There but you, you had some good lads. I said like you. No disrespect to Matty. Matty was what he was. Shay was good. You know, we had Darren Bernard, we had Rob Edwards. You're talking uh, Matt, uh, what's his name? The right back, Lewis. Uh, Lewis was a, who done Lewis well. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, people coming through up front. We had Noobs, Beardy, Sean Goat, you know, we had people who could score goals who like done a job. 
And yeah. really, the team that we had, if you'd have put us like in a league above, we could probably have done a bit, did a bit better. You know, we could have survived. But at the time, we were chucked into relegation battles. We have to get on. Yeah, absolutely. So it finishes four two. Watch this. This is this is you with the, talking about the braggarts bragging rights. Yeah, we, we well we give it to. I don't know if Nuge remembers. We, we I think we played before when Holloway was there. and We give it to him outside, outside the team coach. You know, he was like, I think he was playing manager. I think he was there and we were out there giving it all to him. You know what I mean? Like, he, he was giving it, yeah, 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 and we were giving it to him after as well. We won. Oh, I can't remember that, no. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, that's I was, awesome. I, think I was giving it him, that's what I think he remembered. <laughs> Here we go, Wrexham at home. Kevin Nugent, default celebration for you, Kev? Just one hand up in the air? I know, yeah. Just I think that's just kind of what I do. Yeah, it just seems to, well, do what I do, what I did. Anyway, yeah, it seems to be that way. But again, even but even to going back to the pitches on that that pitch, like the, that Bristol Rovers pitch was was a one-off. These pitches are far better. The, the Ashley Gate pitch I thought was always really good. Um, so it is like that that Bristol Rovers one was a bit of a one-off one-off pitch, really. But um, it was a non-league ground in Turton Park, yeah, Bath, exactly, Bath City. Exactly, but yeah, um, yeah. so they certainly yeah. weren't all like that all the time. No. So there's another player there, uh, Seely. Seely had great ability. I tell you what, some of the goals that David Seal scored. Yeah, were absolute worldies. He's a good finisher. He's quite calm. You know I mean, I mean, we, again, we were lucky. You know, Ago was more lively. Seely was quite calm. I played with Beardy. You know what you're not got from Beardy. I like like playing with Nuge because I said like he was tough in your four and he could finish. He was a good target man. You know, and I thought like he was very underestimated sometimes. I thought he was better than what people thought. Well, and, and also, yeah, we talked about Gary Arras earlier on, and and Gary was someone who was always going to be a consistent performer. I, I said I did Gary Arras and Rob Edwards in a previous episode, and and for me as a fan watching them, they were players that would always give you a, a performance, and and Gary chipped in with some goals as well. Yeah, Gary, Gary was a very good player. Do you know what I mean? But let's like say all the, all the ones we're talking about there, they're really good players. And again, what you sort of go into. We were doing the development sort of groups now. It's about consistency and being trustworthy players. And you're sort of giving them sort of saying they're getting sort of seven out of tens. But, you know, quite often they'll be getting more than that. But a lot of the time it's just a consistency to the game. And then coaches and managers, their job's on the line. They don't really want players that are just going to do every so often. They'll have a good game and the rest of it. They're, they're just not trustworthy players. So that's what that's what I'm kind of looking at as well now. And the ones, the names you just frankly sort of mentioned there, you know exactly what you're going to get every week out of them. Really, really, it's not that you demand it from each other. You demand it from each other, Do you know what I mean? And even if you're if you're having a bad game, you get six. You knew you had to work. You knew how to compete. Yeah, yeah. You demand it, and you were told as well. If you want, you were told by people like yeah. we weren't open to each other. It was like you demand it. You didn't want to let people down. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember that. Was that me from side foot? Yeah. Well yeah, placed finish like, and a, I, I a was double forward roll. I was absolutely shattered after this. I run. I run everywhere. I think, and like, all of a sudden, I couldn't move for about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I stopped scoring goals I think because after that I couldn't move there we go yeah so Kevin's running through right foot see keeper saves it it's rolling out nicely to the edge of the box and in he just comes just one space to go and I was happy winning yeah it's a really good finish isn't it that under pressure as well to put it in through the defence Just Lovely. it just left one space there was nowhere else to go but they had blocked it you know what I mean now this this is um, a Luton at home, twenty seventh of August, nineteen ninety six. Now this is Greg Goodridge's debut, and 
we were talking on um, on Twitter the other day about debuts and Bristol City memorable ones. Obviously, Joe Royal got four in his first game for Bristol City in the seventies. But for me, that I actually witnessed, this was one of one of my most memorable debuts because Greg was absolutely like a he, he like was a cannon. unbelievable in this game, wasn't he? I remember yeah. it. He was honestly no one could get near him in it. He had rubber kneecaps like cartilages because he kept twisting and turning. We didn't have a clue where he was going. Seriously, one of the best, one of the best day. Well, he was one of the best debuts I've ever seen. Yeah, so we just saw his first goal there, um, and yeah, Sean Goater gets one as. Oh no, this is a this is the the bouncing off of your. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your groin, should we say? Yeah, Look exactly. out, yeah. exactly. Yeah, got to be there to to get the rebound. Yeah, so t- tins good cross. Sean Goater header. So Sean Goater was uh, Ashton Gate. Uh, last week, couple of weeks ago, for the uh, John Moore promotion season celebration, and he he brought you up, Martin, and said that you were always always there and always someone who would who would put some grit into the tackle. Um, but it was it was uh, great. Say, we, we had good. Like, I say Bailey to uh, to Nuge to like you know Sean Billy Goat right? but like they're all they're different. They all want to score goals. All three of them want to score goals. And like I said, but you know Nuge done it his way, Bailey done it his way, but. One thing with Billy Goat is he was strong. He was very strong. Once he got the ball there, once he got going, he was quicker than you thought. But like I said, he could finish. And so good. You know, and they're all three different strikers, you know, but they all want to score goals. Yeah. So, Kevin, you obviously played up front with with Sean Goater, with David Seal, with Agostino. Um, and I'm probably leaving someone out as well, but they're all great strikers. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed playing with all of them. I mean, Goats was obviously the one who went on to, to have a fantastic career as well. Uh, and a really good lad, you know what I mean? But I was all, for, for most of those players, I was probably the, sort of the, not the, certainly wouldn't be the foil for it, wouldn't be the right thing. But in terms, I had it at Swansea, you say, with a Lee Trundle as well, um, where I'd, I'd be the one who would be going for the, challenging for the headers and bits and pieces like that and maybe link up play. And those would be lads that, like, we're certainly with, with Goats, it'd be making, his, his movement was fantastic and he'd keep making little, little nice runs down the sides as well. So, I'd be the sort of the bit of a foil for those players, really. And we've just seen a goal there from Jason Cundy, who is now quite active on the radio. I mean, he was yeah, a yeah. he was there for a short spell and another great cross from Darren Barner. But Jason Cundy, I mean, he's a character now. Was he a character back then? Okay. I don't know if you got a story, but Cundy saw us come in designer gear and uh, he had a designer belt and we cut the label out of his belt. You know, and then we stuck one of his jackets up the, up the pylons and, you know, yeah. He, he kept coming in with all this designer gear. Yeah, you know, we thought, but he's a good lad, good player, good lad. Yeah, he was. He was a really. He was a really good lad. He was, like I say, he was sort of smartly dressed and that as well. And, and I think as well, I think he was. He wasn't there long, was he? It was only a month or yeah, so, wasn't it? Not long. Not long. Yeah, there weren't, there weren't many of us smartly dressed lads in them days, was there? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll come yeah, on to that in a minute. He, yeah, he's a really, he's a really good lad, a good player as well. Yeah, really yeah. good. Always touches. We just stick it in one touch, loser. Yeah, that's a weird one, actually. I went to near post on the corner because it looked like I don't know if that looked like it was going to be one of them ones we worked on, maybe going for a flick or something. And obviously, I've I misflicked it and it fell at my feet. <laughs> Sometimes it just falls for exactly you. That's exactly what's happened, isn't it? <laughs> I'll be there to score new, just what I keep telling people. Yeah, yeah. Not, well, don't do it, you know what I mean? Love it. Long throwing from Greg. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. I was on a rebound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, another come rebound. Really, come really quickly to me, yeah. I mean that's something to something to drill into your youngsters again, isn't it? Is not switching off. You know, we've seen two goals in the last out of the last four for you that have been rebounds, but you've got to be there to to tap them yeah. in. I mean, I can't constantly if we're doing any shooting practices. I'm always always allowing them. 
one touch finishes or it's whatever it is, you know, that'll count for a goal or they've got to get into the box to try and get a rebound. Or even if, if we're doing defensive work, two 1v1s, 2v2s, always the defenders got, got a sense danger as well sometimes where the strikers got a sense a bit of an opportunity. The defenders have got a sense danger and that danger is often from a rebound. So we're constantly going on about that. You see the amount of times you see strikers are outside the box now and you're thinking, you know, like, I've got Harry Kane, I'm not going to knock him, but like, he can score from there. But there's games when he played for England when he started playing, getting balls from right backs. And I'm thinking there's times when England need to get back up front, up top and be a centre forward and like, you know, score your goals. And you watch, you think, I'll say to the kids, you know, you never score with a shot you don't take. You know, and then if you're not there, you know, you always think there's a strike, it's going to fall to me. You know, Aguero's one of the best. You know, he's always there. or It's not just luck, he's always there, you know what I mean? We've got to talk about this goal. This is, um, I think, your last goal for Bristol City, Martin, against Swansea away in the FA Cup. Rolls to you 25 yards out and absolute pile driver. Yeah, they usually hit the pie cellar, but like I say, that one hit the net. Great strike. That's What's that celebration about? Throwing the rugby ball? Might have been that we've called them a rugby team or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, Kevin playing against Swansea as well. Love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I just like the way on that one you 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 put the ball on, you've put your foot on the ball, set your set yourself up, and then you only have one thing in your mind there. No, I was I always I always thought I had a good strike. I thought I could strike a ball clean. That's the one thing I could do, and I, I enjoyed. You know, it's it's nothing. It's neutral to like scoring goals, like. But for me to ping a ball, like, or just simple passes, and you you complete with a crisp pass is nothing better. Now Saint Albans, we beat them nine two in the FA Cup. I think Agostino got four, and you got one right at the end. But on these highlights, it doesn't show your goal. <laughs> You got the ninth one. It was oh, like, and, yeah. and Kevin got the last one, and then that was it. It just cuts away. Right, right, got you. Good scoring news, didn't you? I did. I think, I think I ended up about about. I think it was about one in three. I think it was something yeah. that like. But I still don't. I don't think. I, I certainly wasn't. I wouldn't. Certainly would never class myself as like a be signed to be an out and out sort of goal scorer or anything like that. That wasn't. That wasn't me. It was, no, it's more to your game. That so like you're a link up player. You're a target yeah. man as well. So like yeah, it was, it was, like I say, it was working with with other players. I think as well with other strikers. So yeah, but someone like 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 a like a David Seal. He was he was like an out and out striker, wasn't he? Like you know, in terms of his goal scoring, he he could he could the game could be dead and he could just score out of nothing, make a goal out of nothing at all. So yeah, um, great feet, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, his finishing was really good finisher. So, he's, but just two two different sort of styles of players, I think, really. Absolutely. I, mean, I think if you went man. for if you went for all, like I said, like Sealy had tight control, we could do this. I think you're a target man when you score and you scored a array of goals, tappings, headers, you know. But you could link up as well, which is which is vital for you. And then you look at Sean Gola. Billy was like strong as an ox, and he could score. You know, but, uh, yeah, and even Bairdy was different. You know, Bairdy would just want to smash. I mean, out of all of them, he was all gents, apart from Bairdy, he was all gentlemen. You know. <laughs> so I, I, you can tell, tell him I said that as well. We'll have to uh, get him on a future episode. I'm, I'm sure. Um, I, I found uh, some old programs with some player profiles and some of the questions that you guys get asked oh, in there. No. Absolute classic. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go for Martin first. I'm going to ask you some questions, Martin, and you have to try and work out what you how you answered it. Okay. Cool. Oh. So, do you think you're a good dancer? I'd have probably said yes. <laughs> I went to IB for this year and five o'clock in the morning I was still going so I was chucking some shapes so I think like in them days I would have gone yeah not bad brilliant you, your, your answer was stand aside John Travolta when on holiday I hit the dance floor like a tornado 
There you go. I told you. They're still going now. 57, still going. One hit, but I'm still front about. Oh, my God. Your favourite meal? Uh, I don't know. Lasagna? I don't know. don't know on that Big Macs. Don't tell the gaffer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might have been. <laughs> that's, that's honesty for you. That is, that's honesty. Yeah, yeah, it must yeah. have caught you on a good day, right? Who's your regular roommate, and does he have any bad habits? Uh, I can't remember. My, I, I thought it was Gary Alves, but I don't think it was. Yeah, think it, was was Gary. it was Gary. It was Gary. What was his bad habits? Being boring, probably. So <laughs> he leaves what little hair he has left in the sink and <laughs> snores like a pig. Yeah, well, there you go. That's not. Yeah, that's being truthful. I asked Gary for a comment on that, and he just laughed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you been baldy? He hated it. Baldy? Yeah. No, I can't talk. Um, have you any superstitions, football-related? I, I, I don't think I, I really did. I think like it changed. It's sort of like if, it, if things went well, you did that. Like if you put one boot in or shin pads. I didn't really have a lot of superstitions. So you mentioned shin pads. I always put my right shin pad on first since getting 10 stitches in the shin playing against one of Joe Jordan's teams. Yeah, I did. That was, that was against uh, Major Stigger. Yeah, he, he topped me like, uh, you know, we, the, I think the club wanted to take a further, but he topped me and I wanted to go back on, but Joe told me I couldn't go back in. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, got 10 stitches in. Uh, who would you like to swap places for uh, with for the day? Cool, back in the day. This is about ni- 1996, this was. I don't know on that one. Wouldn't have a clue. Bruce Willis, so I could be married to Demi Moore. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that was a... It's not a bad one, though, is it? Oh, no, it's brilliant. Um, your favourite film? This must have changed. I think you must have had kids at the time. Uh, I would have gone for a cartoon, probably. Mary Poppins. Yeah, there you go. There it's you always go. on in our house, he says. Yeah. Um, person you'd like to most share a meal with? Uh, probably being a woman somewhere. Uh, not no, sure. A sportsman. Uh, Muhammad Ali somewhere. Yeah, Muhammad Ali. Met him it's briefly. Like he was a boxer, yeah. Yeah, met him briefly. Um, tell us about that. I did. It was uh, Muhammad Ali used to come over and do uh, like um, uh, open centres up in uh, uh, Birmingham. And we were playing the game one day and uh, <laughs> we were playing the game one day and uh, it, nobody comes in the dressing room. This little fellow in a white suit come in all sure of himself and the, the man needs a toilet. And I'm thinking, well, and then all of a sudden this this massive fella come in and all of a sudden Muhammad Ali walked behind him and he wasn't the biggest, but his feet were massive. And I'm thinking, no wonder he get knocked out because he must have rocked on his feet. And he actually went for a wee and I thought, he come out, I didn't care if he washed his hands or not, just give him the programme, got the programme signed. And you just thought like, you know, that's, that's an absolute legend. You know what I mean? I was lucky enough to meet Pele once and I think that was out in Hong Kong, but, that's a that he's you know he was an absolute legend you know just to be around someone like that but he was just getting the Alzheimer's then and he come in and you look at him and you think but the thing was he wasn't as big as you think he's not as big as these six foot five seven like you know uh, all the boxers nowadays but he was like his feet he's just his feet were massive you know but when someone like that comes in you just stop don't you stop what you're yeah. doing you're like has an aura about him, I bet. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know who was going to say, no, he couldn't use the toilet. <laughs> that would have been funny, you know what I mean? <laughs> Got to go through me to get to the toilet. Yeah. Um, right, last one for you. Describe yourself as a person. Oh, up and down, I think. I think like I can be calm and I can be erratic, you know what I mean? That's exactly what you said. Jekyll and Hyde. Happy-go-lucky yeah. most of the time, but liable to be a madman in 60 seconds, which I've, yeah. now, re- which I've now reduced to about five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a pressure of football. 
And now, uh, right, give it to you, Kevin. Who is your regular roommate, and does he have any bad habits? Was it Darren Bernard? I can't remember now. Yep, Darren Bernard, yeah. Yeah, no, I can't. Bad habits. I don't think he was all right. I can't think of what I would have said. He dominates the bathroom mirror. (laughs) I asked him for a comment on that, and he said that he had to get the curtains looking nice. (laughs) That's right, yeah, yeah, I remember it now, yeah. Right, here's one. Uh, who is the best dressed player at the club and the worst? We were just talking about the fan thingy from Chelsea. Um, Jason, uh, Jason Cundy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have been. I don't think. I, just, I don't think I'll put him down. But everybody uh, would have been the best. You said Rob Edwards for the best. I'm sure. Be yeah, no, Rob, was, Rob was all right. You know, Rob was all right. Rob was Rob was all right. Definitely. And the worst. <coughs> I don't know. Sean Taylor. Any? I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, I'll give you a clue. He's on the podcast with you right now. <laughs> is it Cooley? Did he really? He said Martin <laughs> Co- Martin Cool has some you great. Seen it, <laughs> he, I he think has some... he used to wear a bobble hat in all the time. No, he said he has some great ties. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I could go for him. Well known for his ties, and Richard Dryden should take more stick over the clothes than he does. It was another. Right, one. okay, right. Uh, your favourite film? Bit more oh. respectable than Mary Poppins, I must say. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That could have been. I don't know. Would that have been like a Pulp Fiction or something like that? Or was Scarface. That some... Oh, was it Scarface? Right. Yeah. I'm still. I'll, I'll go with that. Would be in my still probably in my top ten still. Yeah, absolutely. Person you'd most like to share a meal with? Was it a football person? No. Actress. No, was it not? Oh, was it an actress? Mm. All right. Who's that then? Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. I thought that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was after that film, wasn't it? She was in. Yeah, absolutely. And then one was interesting. Changes you would like to see in football. This is quite timely. This one. It seems really? to seems to be they took note of you in the first round of games in the World Cup. Oh right. Okay. Offsides or timekeepers in the stands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still that's still a bit of a bugbear of mine. That is. Yeah, I think they should do that. The ref. I don't think they leave it leave it to the ref to do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's well, the first round of games, there certainly was like 10 minutes injury time in both hours. Yeah, they've changed it a lot. They've changed it, haven't they, now? Yeah, but they should. I, don't, I can't see how the referee can do all these refereeing properly and, and then and then keep the time of it exactly right as well. Just have someone else doing it. That's like that's their sole job. Yeah. So, so um, Martin, let's, let's come to your sort of last league appearance. So it was, what was, what was, um, ha- what happened around you, you departing the club? <clears throat> but the funny thing was when Joe was there, he asked me to be a player coach, and I sort of turned it down. And then when John came in, John Wall came in, um, I sort of had a year option on the contracts. But he saw uh, it was it was a year. Then all of a sudden, I, I remember we played in the playoffs, but we played, and then all of a sudden he sort of like sort of decided to go with younger players. And I thought, fair enough. You know I mean like your decision? Your yeah, you know, I've got no problem at all. I had no problem with the club. Didn't have any fall out. He just. He, he just thought my game time wouldn't be as much and he would go with Matt Hewlett and people like that. I went, fine, no problems. You know, I wish you all the best. But when he first told us, I had a load of clubs interested and somebody's, um, I've got an idea which manager it might have been, but I think somebody put a knife in my back and he went completely quiet. And I ended up, I went to Lake Norrin for a, a trial and I ended up going to Hong Kong. But it was, I had no problem with John, I had no problem with the club. John wanted to go younger. Fantastic. I had no problem. That point, more energetic, more what he wanted to do. Matt, he was coming good at the time. He's a good player. He's a good servant. Uh, and I had no problem. But like, you're disappointed. But I said like, okay, no problem. You move on. But I said, I had people ring me up for fun. And then he just went, whoosh, hey. And I thought, someone's knifed me in the back here. And that, that's the one thing that really annoyed me in football. Like, I thought, right, 
you know, I've never knifed anyone in the back like that. I thought, yeah, I'd, I'd jump over that. And then I learned, I just learned how vicious football is, you know. And that that playoff uh, campaign, if you like, I think that was the last game for a few players. No, Darren Barnard, I think that was his last game as well. Yeah, well, I think we I think we thought we'd go through, but we it, I found it a game where like Brentford were decent, you know, like uh, our working team and it was on TV, but I just felt it was a game where nothing went our way. You know, we one of those games where you know I can't remember score one one nil two one or something like that, but you know, it's, I think it was the first playoff game, but. We were at home, you're thinking, yeah, we've got a chance here, we get excited. And it was just, I can't remember if we turned up for the game or what. You know, they just seemed to steamroll us, done a job on us and got through fair play. You know, that's football. You have to match them, you know, they're all little. When you get playoffs, they're, they're anyone's, they're mini cup finals. You know what I mean? You have a cup final, a cup final, and then you have the big cup final if you get through. But I just remember that and it was just disappointed. That's the way my career finished there, you know. And actually, that was that was your last appearance as well, Kevin. I knew it was someone else's and, and it yeah, was you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a few of us. I think Rob Edwards would have been probably the same. You like I say, um, Darren Barnard, I think, like you just mentioned, I think there's a few on that one as well. Because um, we had a really good run. What did we have? We had to win five out of six or something like that to get into that playoffs, didn't we, at the end? It was a really good run we'd got on. And you go, in, you go into someone's in with momentum and you think you might that might carry on through. And unfortunately, it didn't. And then someone's the teams that have just scraped into it as well, it's slightly different. So, uh but yeah, so after that, and then I was negotiating the contract, and it didn't quite happen. And then, and then I just ended up going to Cardiff, um, and and reached and, and signed for them. Quite simple, really. No, no falling out, no nothing like that, and that was it. Yeah, no, brilliant. Well, that was a whistle stop tour of of some of your times at Bristol City. But we, we always ask um, on these podcasts for your memories of Buster Footman. It's become a segment on um, on the podcast. Everyone's got a thought about Buster. Um, and he would have he would have turned eighty five in the coming <clears throat> March, and we're hoping to do something to to actually sort of commemorate him, if you like. But uh, there's been some stories over the years, Kevin. Your memories of Buster Footman? But well, you know what? When you were just showing that that uh, Bristol Rovers game, yeah, he was in the dugout, he, wasn't he? He was in the dugout. Yeah, it's really nice nice to see him in that light. You know, the memories of him, it was just that it, it was. <laughs> It was brilliant, but he was just like a brilliant, grumpy old man, like, do you know what I mean? And he was like, he, he, I don't know, he, he was just, he was just a really honest, good physio. I just, it was, it was hard to, hard to sort of say too much on him, but it was honestly things like timekeeping. He'd been, been off army trained, etc., and it was really regimenting how you do things. And there was no black or white, there was no grey areas. It was like, you know, if you're late, you're late, or whatever it was. Like, you know, I just remember what it was. Couple of things. One, obviously, it started the period when people were playing music in the dress rooms and all that beforehand. And all I, all I remember, one of his quotes was like, "God, that's what's that music? Like, that's like some sort of like a squeaky wheelbarrow or something." And and that was it. But it was just, he was just an amazing, he was a fantastic character. Brilliant, Martin. Anything from you? Yeah, two things for me. One was uh, we used to give him stick about Marines, and it was like Royal Marines. And then all of a sudden, like he used to say, "Well, you was a chef. You killed more people you're cooking than you did like actually with a gun." You know. And then, like uh, the other thing was, uh, he always wore a t-shirt and shorts. And one day it was freezing, and he was going whiter and whiter. And laughing, Joe just went, "Buster, get in there and get a top on." I mean, he hated it, but he wouldn't. He just he was shivering. The lads said on the bench, he was shivering. You know, like. Yeah, it'd been great for us to go down and get him warmed up. You know what I mean, but like Joe just went, "Don't get some on." But as Nooch said, he, he was like a, a Royal Marine. He was proud. You know I mean, he's a proud man. But he was great. He was a great character to have around the place. You know what I mean, we used to have the. I don't know if you remember. We used to have the Rome competitions. You know, these ones like if you're injured, you have to row. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a competition, you know. But 
he was a fella, wasn't he? He's was a proper, he's a proper Royal Marine. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he should do that. For you, the one other thing as well, he should do that exercise well. You had to lean against the wall with your legs bent on it. As if you're sitting against it, honestly, I can't explain it properly. He'd be there. He, he could, he could outdo any of the players on it. He'd be. He'd, oh, he'd, he'd do it. Yeah, he'd do. I mean, he wanted one of yeah, but he'd give it and give it a go. You were fine. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. Anything he wanted you to do, he was doing it himself. Yeah, he's a proud man. Nice fella as well. Yeah, really good bloke. Well, between you, um, just over 200, 200 appearances for Bristol City um, and two fan favourites uh, from from my sort of formative years growing up and watching Bristol City. So thank you for, for everything you did for the club. And I just want to know, sort of know what you're up to now, really. Kevin, first. Yeah, well, I'm, doing, I'm coaching the uh, Millwall under-21s at the moment. So obviously, I carried on, went from, from Bristol City to Cardiff and then back to Orient and then played for Swansea and then be, went as an assistant manager there under Kenny Jacket and then went to Orient and then Luton, I think, and then Charlton and then and right now is the under-21s at Mill, which is a job I really I really enjoy doing. So development so, so I see that some of play Bristol City in our league. Um, I see Tins when we play against them. Um, I've been to the new training ground. I think the club's moving really forward in terms of that that, that aspect of it. The training ground looks fantastic, you know, and they've got a good development group coming through. We played it recently. Um, I think we, we drew one each. So we went down to 10 men and, and you defended really well. We found it hard to break it down and that was at the den. But no, it's uh, the job itself. I really, we've got a couple of players in the first team. That's the whole idea of it. But in, in the terms of the league, we're doing quite well as well. So, uh, but yeah, middle one of 21s and just working with the development team. Awesome. No, that's great to hear. And as you say, um, Tin's now um, technical director as well as academy director. And the number of players that have come through in the last few seasons at, at Bristol City, it's always great to see local lads coming through at the moment. You've, you know, I think in the last couple of games, we've had five or six or maybe even seven homegrown players in the team. And and that's great to see, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I mean, that, that's exactly it. And, and listen, it's a big thing for them to get in that championship. That's a tough... It's a really tough league, so you've got to have certain qualities to get into the get into the teams, uh, and it, and it's it's good that the managers now are putting them in as well. So like obviously Gary Rout's putting a few lads in for us over the last few seasons, um, and and as as obviously Pearson's doing doing at Bristol City as well. So, um, but as I say, it's, it's it's a brutal league, and for the managers to put them in, and I've been in those positions before, a sort of manager and caretaker. When you you need to go and win games, and you like I spoke about earlier on, you want trustworthy players, and mm. sometimes players the pathway for them to get into the team is by going out in the league, going out on loan sometimes first. Other times they can just jump into the team as well. Uh, but but no, it's it, it, like I say, the few of the young lads coming through at Bristol City recently has been fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And Martin, what are you up to? I'm coaching a full time coaching with like Wickham University in Academy Twenty Three, which is at Slough Town. We we develop players for teams and we've got like a pathway into uh, into America as well. But you know, I've done my, I said, when I come back from Hong Kong, finished my career. Had a Brazilian coach who was magnificent. He used to take Brazil in the World Cup, got me into coaching, took all the shot up back in the Football League. I went to Reading. I've done like, a bit of Reading full-time there, 18s, 23s, went caretaker manager there. Then I come back out, I went with Gary to Torquay. Um, they were bottom of the league at the time, one, like, one point. Uh, as I work down there, um, but you, know, you enjoy the experience. And then like I say, I'll come back since I'm trying to get back in the game again, but it's difficult. But you know, I enjoy my coaching and like I said, pro license coach done me badges with Arteta and Omri and Freddie Lundberg and Pep nice. Linders. You know, you, you think they're like they're great, but 
you know, sort of same as Nuge, you pick up experience. I'm 57, you're still learning. You know, you just you just enjoy it. I mean, you just enjoy coaching and getting on with it. So, no, I was saying that that is it as well. It's like you're constantly learning on this one as well, even when you get new managers come in and different coaches and different ideas. And I mean, the basics still stay the same. You've still, as, as you said earlier on, Cody, you've still got to work hard. You've got to be trustworthy. You've got to know the basics and be able to handle the ball, etc. Uh, but then obviously different coaches come in and have different ideas on how to manage players sometimes. So you're constantly learning all the time on that one, really. And any of the lads that I've known over the years that have played under Cooley, I think all the shots have been a few I know. And all, they speak really highly of Cooley as, with his coaching as well. And everyone, like I said, he's a really good coach, like, you know what I mean? It's kind of well-known, like, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. and the way, the way you used to play on the pitch, Martin, um, for a fan watching on, I think that's how a fan would play as well, you know, getting stuck into the tackle? No, I think it's, I think it's, I think what, what's changed is like when you used to have years ago when 50 50 you went in and like both sets of fans are like, you know, would applaud and we're getting up and like get their feet. Nowadays you go in for a tackle 50-50, both sets of fans are moaning it's a free kick for them. Yeah, and the game's changed. The physicality, the one thing that I've learned is uh, going abroad is like, uh, if you go, if you watch the game, the Dutch and the Spanish, they're competitive. They're competitive. You go to South America, they're competitive. And I think in this country, we've gone away from the competitive side a lot and they're looking at the, uh, the tippy-tappy football, which is, I've got no problem, but you've got to be able to look after yourself. You have to survive on a football pitch. And like I said, the game is physical. You know, like you have to head a ball. Nowadays, I see people can't head a ball. I've had it where sometimes the kids are heading and they just go down and head a ball and you're thinking, don't play them. You know, until they until they actually ban heading, you have to head a ball. That's part of the game. But, I just think it's still physical. You outrun people. You've got to be clever now. You know, years ago, someone dangled the leg out. You think you're a cheat. Nowadays, they dangle the leg out and go over it. You know, it's naivety, you know, but that's just the game's moved on. That, um, so it just gets the crowd going. I don't know if you saw that Udani, I think it was, that number 14 in the World Cup the other day. He, he put a, a tackle in in the first five minutes and he was going, it was like he'd scored a goal. Yeah, but he's a defender. You know I mean, like, you know, he's, he, he, you know, that's his job to stop. Defenders have to stop strikers scoring, you know, like one mistake and a striker scores, he's taking the mickey out on the pitch. But, but it you was know. the passion. I'm, I'm alluding to the passion, the Tunisian uh, guy. Yeah, it, it was just something, it was just, it would have got the crowd going. And that is what we want to see. You know, recently, Nathan Baker, Bristol City, he's had to retire. He had two concussions in a season and um, has now retired from the game. But the way you would fly into a tackle, you know, and sometimes, sometimes safely, sometimes not. But um, when he wins that tackle, like Sean Taylor and your team, that and yourself as well, that's what, that's what the fans want to see. They want to see that passion. Um, and I just think that's going from the game. One of, one of the best legends was Bobby Moore. And I, I played with a lad called Colin Todd and Toddy never wasted the tackle. His tackle was to win the ball and keep it. It wasn't to stick the ball out in the, into the crowd. It was to win it. And if you watch the way Bobby Moore was to tackle, he tackle. Someone would go over and he'd bring the ball away mm. and he'd start the playoff. And like for years, you were taught to tackle like that. Then you had a little bit, you knew when you knew when there's a 50 50 that you were going to have a battle, you know, someone went to hurt you as well. You knew how to look after yourself. But yeah. I said, you know, the game's just moved on, but like the physicality and the intimidation is still there. You know, if I've got pace and I'm going to burn you, like, I'm going to use it. If I'm a ball player and I can do it, intimidation's still there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, both of you have played for for a number of clubs, but do you still keep an eye out for for Bristol City results, Martin? Yeah, I've got, I said teams is there. I keep an eye. Out. You're always keeping out on clubs who like you played for. You know, you have a soft spot for them, and hopefully they do well. And you know, it, it's good. Yeah, you know I mean, but I've not been down there for a long time. You know. 
Well, definitely. Um, I, was, I also work as part of the former Players Association. So if you're ever in Bristol or ever want to come to a game, then please just let us know. And uh, it'd be great to get you back down at Ashton Gate uh, to see to see the developments and hopefully see a good game on the pitch as well. And yourself, Kevin, do you keep an yeah, eye out for yeah, City? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I always keep a check on the, obviously, you know, Bristol City are in the same league as Mill as well now. So I'll check that anyway. But no, all the other all the other clubs I've played for always, they're kind of the first ones you go through, whether it be Leighton Orient, Plymouth, Bristol. There's no there's no particular order I go through, but always keep it on top of them, like, you know, definitely. Oh, fantastic. Well, same same to you. It'd be great to get you back down Ashton Gate. We've now got the, the Legends Lounge where we have former players and ambassadors that are op- operating there on a on a weekly basis and Gary Hours is frequently there as well from your time. So um please do uh, please do come back and see us at Ashton Gate. Is it a free beer then because that's why Baldy's there, you ain't got to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely get you a beer. Absolutely. I'm sure there's plenty of people at Ashton Gate that would buy both of you um numerous beers. So um thanks so much for your time. Uh let's get off and watch the Spain Germany match now and uh, hopefully the rest of the World Cup is kind to England. But uh Thank you both for your time. It's been great to chat and I'll send you both the video of all your goals. Nice to see you as well, Nooch. Look after yourself. Yeah, and yourself, Cooley. Take care, mate. Thanks very much, Pat. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Bye for now. See you later. I've been riding low. I've been riding fast. Gonna take this moment. I'm gonna make it last. Because you don't know me. Don't be quick to judge. To tell you something I don't care that much Don't come around here Preaching your goddamn rules Don't come around here yeah. I ain't your If you stay in this town I'm no saviour, I will take you down This here town You know it ain't that big It don't take long, they'll know just what I did Don't come around here Preaching
don't know me I ride low and fast Gonna take this moment and leave you in my bed I'm gonna keep riding Watching that little town slowly disappear 